Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here with me. I am Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that don't know where the real mountains are. And glad to have you aboard. We're going to do what we do. We're going to do a shipment report. We're going to give a cool giveaway tonight. We have an awesome update about the website, and I'll talk to you a little bit about the experience over at G-Pass the Greater Portland Aquarium Society, Fishtoberfest. Uh, hopefully everyone isn't tired of Fishtoberfest videos. I won't spend a long time on that, but just some thoughts about it. Little uh, little recap, and then we'll get to your questions and your comments. So that's what we're gonna do. We also have an import arriving tomorrow. Um, it's in Los Angeles right now, getting its water changed, making sure everyone's in good shape, and it'll be here tomorrow morning. So. Excited about that, a lot going on. All right, let's first, no one's saying, okay, we had a little hiccup with uh, audio earlier today when I was setting the stream up, but it looks like that is resolved because no one's saying they can't hear anything, so yay. All right, let's get going. So shipment report will be short and sweet, no problems again, so that's great. We're kind of... uh, Excuse me, I just had some spicy Mexican food. <laughs> so my nose is going to run for about five minutes probably. <laughs> my, my bald head might sweat. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're past that really tricky stage that we have at the end of summer in the kind of beginning of summer every year where it's cold enough to need a heat pack in some areas, but not in others. And in some areas you need an ice pack and it's just highly variable. So you're, you're doing your best guesses, right? But every now and then you get it slightly wrong or something goes sideways that you don't expect. Not much. It's, it's never a ton, but it happens more during those, uh, I don't know, transition seasons than any other time of the year. But thankfully, we're out of that transition season, so things to be seem to be going strong with the shipping game. So no losses to report, as far as I know. Liquid Zoo says, I'm looking good. Why, thank you, Liquid Zoo. <laughs> Bubble shirt, yes, of course. Um, the, yeah, so, so it should be kind of... It's easier to ship fish when it's negative 30 degrees and you know what you need to do than when it's like, well, it's right on the cusp. If I put in a heat pack, it might be too hot. If I don't put in a heat pack, it might be too cold. But if the heat pack gets a little too hot. So what I try to do is what generally works really well in those situations is if I need a heat pack, I think, but I don't need it to like go a full burn to its full heat. I'll just wrap it with some extra newspaper just to uh, not stop the flow of oxygen to the heat pack, but kind of slow down the transfer of oxygen and uh, keep the heat from coming straight down. So that's how I kind of mitigate that. It's more an art than a science, though, but we're past that now. Holy cow, Alexander Engelhart throwing down $200 says, <laughs> headset towel fund. <laughs> I am going to get the world's fanciest towel for $200 for that. Alexander, it was wonderful to meet you. I'm actually, uh, 
a little behind you and some other folks I've been meaning to reach out to and send a quick message just saying how nice it was to meet you. You're, you're on the list. Um, however, I got back and uh, I had to manage the logistics of finalizing the import, making sure everything was in order, getting everything confirmed. And uh, we've been for the last couple of days doing a lot of getting tanks ready, making sure all the tanks we need are cleared out are cleaned out and are uh, ready for the new fish, fish, <laughs> the new fish, the new fish. What I did today was spent a lot of time uh, just going around and putting sticky notes on tanks that, okay, this fish will go here and the fish, this fish will go here. Um, so I know when the new fish come where they will go. This is not something that always works out the best laid plans. Um, but we have enough spare tanks this time that I think I think it'll work out and make things better. Although it, it was, it's been a little hairy, like big sections of the freeway down to Colorado had been closed until very recently. So for a while there, we were wondering, uh, you know, if the fish were going to make it on time or if they were going to be waylaid somewhere. Luckily, the courier company that we use is headed up by a fish geek who knows how to take care of fish. So they would have been in better hands than most uh, for a delay, but still that would have been an issue. It appears now, though, that it's not going to be a problem. They should be able to head up for tomorrow morning, and um, I'm looking forward to unboxing them. I'll tell you all about them next week, what we got in, um, and, and go over all that with you. All right, so that's... Uh, that's kind of what's going on in our neck of the woods. The other thing we did that's exciting before we get to the giveaway is this. So Jonathan's been working very hard on this. This is the new look of our website. So we have made it prettier, we think, but that's not the whole reason we did this. We also did it because... Um, we want to be able to tell our story more effectively. So this is a place that we can customize and, and make our own. We don't have a lot on here right now just because I've been on the road and haven't made the content. And with the new import coming, uh, I'm not going to get to this till next week, but I'm going to do a write up here to explain. So basically, here's the issue. If you know me from YouTube, then you understand what we're doing here, um, how we're different the extra steps we take to make sure that you get healthy, happy fish as a customer, right? You, you know that. But the average Joe on that's never followed us on YouTube, uh, the average Joe or Jane out there doesn't know that. So we need a place we can tell them that quickly and efficiently and easily. So if someone is referred to us or comes to the site, we can let them know quickly and concisely who we are, what we're doing, and why we're different. And so this is a good place to do that. So the live arrival guarantee, that's always something people want to know about. We'll do a little blurb here about that. Um, we have a little one here, but we'll, we'll come up with something. This is a placeholder right now. And then our mission, um, humanely sourced fish that thrive. I mean, our, our mission on the back end is to change the narrative of the entire aquarium industry. But that is not something that's concise and easy to portray to someone just visiting the site. So we think humanely sourced fish that thrive 
is, uh, you know, pretty good way to encapsulate what we're trying to do without having to go into the weeds about it. And we will go in the weeds, though. Um, I'll, I'll get in there and explain exactly how we do things. Um, and then we have our newsletter here, but we'll have some other things coming to this. This is just the, the bare bones of it. Um, eventually, we want to have ways to interact and, and tell our story and and perhaps have you guys interact as well. But um, here's the here's the basics of the new uh, the new site. And the, the other thing we wanted to do is distinguish it a bit from get gills, right? So up until today, up until half an hour ago, really, <laughs> um, our site looked pretty much like this. It was pretty much a clone of, of get gills. And we wanted to be able to distinguish ourselves a little bit. So we changed some things around to give it a, a different look. Now, usually when random arms uh, creates a change to the website, it's one thing he's changed at a time. This time there were, it, it could be thousands. Um, he showed me the list of changes before we launched and went live with the uh, updated site. And it was scrolling for a few pages, just lines of changes that were made. So that being said, there could be something we missed. We can only test so much on our side. We do a pretty thorough job. Random Arms is good, but there's things that he just simply cannot test by himself. So if you run into an issue when you're ordering fish from us, would you just send us an email, dan at dancefish.com, and uh, just let us know. When it happens, if you can take a screenshot, that would be super helpful. Um, but even if you can't, just send us an email, let us know, hey, I was trying to do this, and this funky thing happened, or I got a error that wouldn't let me proceed or, or something. So we've done everything we can. However, with uh, something this complex, I'm sure there's things we've missed. So even if you don't purchase, um, if you have some time, you want to get on the site and just play with it and test all the different features and things, um, let us know if something breaks. That would be very useful to us. And we would appreciate that very much. All right. Let's see here. I missed a super chat. I saw it come in. <clears throat> Bex410. Hey, Bex410. Thank you for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But super chats make my wife super happy. Dan, Dan the man. Pygmy Cory's landed at my door this morning. Fat spastic, as they should be. Warm and sassy. Eight BBS right away in quarantine. Absolutely in love. Bex, I'm glad to hear it. I hope they do well for you long term. If there's any issues or questions, just reach out. Dan at dancefish.com will take care of you. But yeah, this batch of Pygmy Cory's has been rock solid. There, there hasn't been any issues. So I'm, I'm pretty confident they'll thrive for you. Um, and got another one here from Kelly Foreman. Kelly, thank you so much. Good to see you in the chat. Kelly's a, Kelly's like a, a stalwart. I can count on Kelly on, be, on being in the chat. Holy cow, the new website looks amazing. Buy the crew some bagels on me. All right. Random Arms are getting some bagels with schmear. Nice. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to say about the website or anything that I haven't covered? I did a good job. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing I did a good job. All right. Good. Good, good. <laughs> 
So the last thing before we get to the giveaway, which is for some Botia loaches, which I'll tell you about in a second, which species they are or are not, <laughs> is G-Pass, the, the Fishtoberfest. Um, it was an honor to go there and to be able to speak and uh, help sponsor the event. I had a blast. So there's, for me, it was very successful. It's a very busy time here at Dance Fish. And when I was asked to do it, I was a little bit hesitant because much as the fish geek in me would enjoy doing that, I didn't know if it was a good decision for the business. So I had to come up with some way to make the trip work for the business because I was taking some days off and I needed to make sure that whatever I was doing was beneficial enough to compensate for the, the missed work. It's a busy time. We're building a warehouse. We've got a new import coming in. We're hiring. Um, if you like taking pictures and videos of fish, we're hiring. We need a content creator. So let us know. Send us your cover letter and resume, dan at dancefish.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so a lot going on. Now, from the fish geek, the, the personal side, the hobbyist side, it was hugely successful, and I, and I knew it would be. I got to meet some amazing people, uh, a lot of people that I only know from seeing them online. It was good to, to meet them in person. It was good to uh, catch up with some people I haven't seen in a long time. It was especially special to be able to catch up with Candy Overholes because I have not seen her since she moved to Seattle. And uh, I miss having a fellow fish geek around. So she was kind of the only kind of fish geek YouTuber, uh, fish tube participant, I would say, um, in the area. And so when she left, <laughs> I felt it. But I got to hang out with her quite a bit. Got to meet Bob Steenfot in person, um, along with lots of other people. I, I'm not going to start listing names because I'll miss people and I don't want to do that. So that was super fun. I got to geek out hard on fish for a long time. I mean, for a few days. And who doesn't love that? From the business side, I'm happy to report it was also successful. I was able to meet some amazing fish breeders that I can source fish from. I was able to um, work the network and come up with some different suppliers that I can reach out to. For example, I'm having trouble getting things in from the Congo right now. And so um, I was able to hang out with someone who's very knowledgeable about the Congo and, and knows people there and can put me in touch with the right exporters. Um, also found a lead on, on some quality South American exporters, which is nice. And so it's, uh, it was worth it just to get those, for the business side, just to get those contacts. So let me show you something really fun here. Um, so one of the people I got to hang out with was uh, Lawrence Kent. Now Lawrence and I have been friends on Facebook for a while. And I've sold fish to Lawrence and um, communicated with him about that. But I've never met him in person before, except for I think maybe when I was a kid. But it's been it's been quite a while. And, and I'm not quite sure. You know, your memories from decades ago aren't always accurate. But we got to go fish collecting and it was super fun. So here's some pictures of it. Here's Lawrence. Here's John, Roland and myself. And we were collecting on the river here. 
these are what we got. Um, I, I was able to add about nine new species to my collecting roster. What we're showing here is our target species. It's a killifish called Fundulus uh, diaphanus, the banded killifish. Originally, these are from the Carolinas, um, but they've somehow ended up in Oregon, probably in bilge water. There were probably eggs that got into the bilge of the ship. And when it came to Oregon, in, in discharge is bilge water. Some of those eggs are fried, got out in the waters, and now they're established there. And then this is a um, Western spotted dace right here. That's a, a video of the, the killifish. Here's us collecting. Um, this is John and he's doing what we call the, the killifish shuffle. So it took, at first we weren't having any success collecting these. We, we thought that they would be in all the, see this, mar, this marginal vegetation here, just on the edge of the river where the, the vegetation, the plants kind of encroach into it. This is where you would expect to find killifish. So we went down the shore and we would get our nets and go in, and dip into this stuff because everything I know about killifish says that's where they will be. Well, I learned something new. That is not where they are, not this species. Most would be, but not this species. So this species ended up being on the rocky shoreline um, in a few inches of water, and, and they would be pointing out towards the main channel, towards deep water, so that they could dart off if they were in danger and go down into deep water and get away from birds and stuff, I think is probably one of their main predators. And so what we discovered is if we hold the net um, on the river side of us down in the water and we kind of shuffle our feet across in the shallow part of the water, that will chase these little killies out towards the deep water and they'll go straight into your net. And so once we figured that trick out, for the first few hours, we, we only caught like, uh, I don't know, a few, just a few. But John discovered this trick, and, and once he did, and we all started doing it, we caught a whole bunch in short order. We, we started putting them back towards the end. We had too many. So it was, uh, it was fun. I, I always, now I get to tease uh, John and Lawrence and Roland that they have moves like Jagger. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Here's a great shot of the fish. This is a female. Um, again, Fundulus diaphanous. That was our target species. And then here's a, we, we did test Heiko's net out. Heiko Blair has this net that he raves about. And I have to say, it was pretty easy to use in the vegetation. It, it definitely is the way to go if you're dipping up into vegetation. It's wide, it's sturdy, you can get it down and force it through at angles for you. So you can go, if, the, if, the, if you hit a rock or something, you can angle into it. Uh, if the shore is not perfectly even, you can angle it a diagonal and get up in there and lift up. And it's really sturdy, so you're not bending it or anything. It's pretty tough net. So it was a very useful tool. It's not what we caught most of the fish with because we didn't uh, get it out and start using it until the very end. But once we did, if the Achilles had been in that vegetation, it would have been a great way to get them. But they weren't, though. But there were other fish in there that we got. Uh, just another picture. 
Uh, I think that's about it. So, but anyway, that collecting trip was so fun. I got to go collect with some cool people, see some cool fish, and I've never collected um, that fish before. So, add it to my list. I also collected um, some sculpins that I hadn't had before, some bullhead catfish, bull catfish, bullheads, yeah, and some crawdads I'd never collected before, some crayfish, and. Um, Oh, geez, there was a couple other things that I'm not remembering at this time. So it was fun. It was fun. Okay, let's get to the... Oh, yeah, so I, a little bit more on uh, the G-Pass event, and then and then we'll get to the giveaway and your questions and comments. Um, so so ended up being good on all fronts. My heart was happy as just a hobbyist fish nerd. So personally, it was very rewarding. And um, for the business side, I'm happy because I've already, uh, there's a group of fish I would really like to get from one of the breeders out there. And they reached out today to see if I, to, to kind of help start the process of that. So in short order, I should be able to get some fish. I'm not going to say what they are now, but I think they'll blow your minds once we get them. So that was cool. Um, all the talks were great. I have to say, uh, like, so I'm not into plants at all. And Jason from Redfish Bluefish did a talk on um, on plants and on tissue culture, which I don't have any interest in. But he did a great job, and I found I found myself getting really interested, like the process he described and how well he knew it, and he was able to dumb it down so someone like me could understand it. I, I was glued. I was fascinated the whole time. Um, all the talks were great. Alex's talk was amazing. I was I, I kind of like history. I didn't know how much I would like the story of the aquarium hobby history, but the way he put that thing together was kind of brilliant. And I have to say, Alex, Alex blew my mind. I, I thought he did a great job, um, but, but they all did. Uh, Lucas did a fine job, of course, um, and the rest as well. Lawrence is just hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard to go wrong with Lawrence. And anyway, everyone did a great job. So I had fun. I thought it was a very successful event, especially for being the first one. There were a couple of hiccups here and there, but nothing that, you know, ruined the event or made it so people had a horrible time. So, yeah, got to tour some fancy fish rooms and see some fish that I'd never seen before. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great. So I would highly recommend it for next year. I, I didn't have much time to hang out in the vendor area, in the congregating area, because I like to go to the talks, so I went to every presentation. Um, plus, I had some stuff I had to do to prep for my presentation and make sure that this heat sealer was working and I had all the materials properly aligned and all that. So, but so I missed out on a lot of just the open room where you can go be loud and buy stuff. But um, from what I saw, I did go around and see all the booths. There was some really interesting stuff there. Um, Aquatic Arts brought a bunch of crabs that were really neat. I'd never seen them before. And Haley packed them and she did a killer job. She packed them just, just perfectly. She really set us up for success. So anyway, that's kind of my little recap 
um, on Pass, the Fishtoberfest. Um, for those that have been asking how it went, and for those that didn't and don't care, well, there you go. <laughs> Everyone gets it. You get an update. You get an update. You all get an update. Everyone gets an update. Yep. <laughs> um, so the giveaway tonight is for some Botia loaches. Maybe yo-yo loaches, maybe not. Now, I, I got an email earlier today asking about yo-yo loaches. Um, someone had gone to their store and got like three different times got yo-yo loaches, I think is if I remember the email right. Anyway, they got a bunch of yo-yo loaches. But as they're growing out, they're noticing, hey, they all look super different. So are they all yo-yo loaches or not? And the answer to that is yes, maybe, no, maybe. Um, and to, to show you why they're so difficult to identify, I think let's, let's take a look at Seriously Fish real quick. And then I'll tell you about the ones I have um, for the giveaway. So, so this is a Botia Almorhae, the yo-yo loach. But here's the thing. This is one reason it's so confusing. And this is the sentence that kind of explains it clearly right here. Uh, this species appears to belong to a group of closely related but distinct species. They are, and then it goes through it. It lists all the different ones. So this species is actually, you know, when they first find a species and they describe it, and all the fish that look like them, they describe as that. But then later they might find, oh, actually, there's several separate species here. They're closely related, but they're actually separate. And that's what's going on here. As they're learning more and getting new tools to figure out what's what in the fish taxonomy world, um, they found, oh, these aren't all yo-yo loaches. This one's a yo-yo loach. This one from this location over here, and maybe a different species. And this other one's probably a different species. Um, it's just like Corydoras. Corydoras is about to go through like a, a big regrouping of genuses and species and all that. Killifish has gone through it. Um, Geez, all the fish we keep go through this. As new methods become available, we're able to see things more clearly and distinguish things we couldn't distinguish before. So the fish, which is called the yo-yo loach, is called that back when the, all these different species were one species. All those different species were called the yo-yo loach because they were all scientifically described as one species. And so you have high variation um, they are spread over a large, what is it? It's uh, India, um, I think Bangladesh. Um, do they go over to Pakistan maybe? Um, basically, you have a fish with a large distribution, and so there's high variance in it. So what we're used to seeing on a yo-yo loach, what we want is the Y-O-Y-O -Y -O pattern, right? Yo-yo. That's why we call it a yo-yo loach. But... Fish can be highly variable. If you collect the same species from this river, it will look one way. If you collect it from a different river, it'll look another way. Um, think of discus, same species of dis discus, but different collection points. Um, or 
uh, Altum angels, all the same species, but the ones from like Atabapo are quite different than the ones from, I don't know, the Rio Nene or something like that, right? Um, same species, but highly variable. So the answer to the question, do I have yogiloches is maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe they're a very closely related species that was called yogiloch when all those species were described as, um, what was it, Almorae? Is that how you say the yogiloch species name? So it's very confusing. Now, on the industry side, the industry typically does a fairly poor job of identifying fish. Um, they're there to sell. They are not a natural history museum, right? They're an industry. The hobby is not a natural history museum. So they find a fish that looks like the fish they're used to, and they just assume it's that fish, and that's what they call it, and they move it through the supply chain. So we often don't know what we have. And that's the case with the fish that I'm uh, giving away today in the giveaway. Uh, hang on. Yo, yo. It's here. Oh, I think I took them down. That's why I can't find them. Hang on. I got to go in the back end to show you guys this. So I uh, removed them from stock because I knew that I'd be giving them away and I, I didn't want to sell them while I was trying to give them away. So this is the variance between them, right? They're highly variable. Some of them have more banded pattern. Some of them are much more disjointed on the pattern, more squiggly. Hang on, are you guys able to see this? Let me, let me see if I can get in here nice and tight. Okay, hang on. There we go. A lot more squiggly. This one shows one with a banded pattern, one with a pattern with holes in it, one with a completely different pattern. So I don't know exactly what they are. Maybe they are all yo-yo loaches because that's a variable uh, species, or maybe they're closely related species. I'm honestly not sure. But they all act like yo-yo loaches. They all are more or less the same temperament as yo-yo loaches, about the same size as yo-yo loaches. So um, the giveaway is for, I'm calling them just botia loaches, um, similar to yo-yo loaches or maybe yo-yo loaches. So I don't know how many people are going to be interested in that, but they're cool fish. They're pretty. They're fun to watch. They're not super aggressive. They don't get too big. Um, they eat snails. You know, they're, they're just as good as a yo-yo loach. And they might be yo-yo loaches. I just, I started getting uncomfortable about selling them because I didn't know what to sell them as. So I thought this would make a perfect giveaway. Someone that likes loaches isn't trying to breed them or anything. It just, just wants some cool loaches in their tank. This would be good. So if you would like to win a group of them, I think I have nine that I can send you. Then it's hashtag yo-yo. Hashtag YOYO will enter you into the drawing and, um, and we'll draw that later tonight. So that's kind of the spiel on, on I'm sure a lot of you have had this experience where you went to buy a Botia type loach expecting one thing and then as it grew out it turned into something and you were like, wow, what's that? Um, it looks different than I expected. 
And it's, it's cause, cause we don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, there might be some loach professor, some PhD out there who specializes in Botia loaches that if we sent the species to could identify them and all that. But that sounds like a whole lot of work and maybe quite a bit of expense. So they're cool loaches. The industry does a very good job of putting folks like me in an awkward position. Um, something else that happened recently is I got some, um, what were they? Rio Nene angelfish, and I sold them as Rio Nene. And then as they grew up and got big, this took several months, and I had already sold all but a couple, um, I, I held some back because some fin issues, basically. And as those got bigger, I noticed, wait, these are getting a blue coloration in on them. I don't think these are Rio Nene's, but how are you to know when you get a fish, you know, that's small and uh, it's labeled as something, you know, you just do what you can, but it has to be frustrating for the customer. And by the way, this doesn't happen all the time. But it happens in this industry more frequently than I would like, for sure. So they're sold to you as something. They're too small to be able to tell the difference. So you sell them as that thing. And then six months later, a customer message you, sends you a message in a picture and says, yeah, I don't think these are Rio Nene's. And you take a look and you're like, yeah, I don't either. I'm sorry. Like, it's, it, it puts me in an awkward position more frequently than I would like. <laughs> New Mexico Aquatics throwing down a $5 super chat. That's how we know you're not on your phone. <laughs> Thanks again for all you do, Dan. I woke up this morning and noticed I have Peacock Gudgeon Fry. Yes, by a Preston, little Bobby. All right, cover your ears. This deserves a golazo. You ready? Go! Little Bobby, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. It was time for a good golazo. I haven't done one in a while. We've got peacock gudgeon fry. Golazo time. <laughs> All righty. That's it on my end. Let's get to your questions and comments. Uh, that's what's going on with me. Let's see what's going on with you. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a, when you leave a question or comment, making it at Dan's Fish so that when I see it, it's bright orange. See this bright orange amidst this sea of black? That's what I look for when I'm scrolling down. Oh, it's going to jump. Oh, geez. You see that? Now it won't let me go up and see those previous things. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Oh, shoot. There were so many good questions and comments up top, and I can't remember what they were. So the first one I can see is Paul Soltero. Um, right here says you had so much fun at Fishtoberfest. Are you thinking about going to the Louisville triple crown convention next summer? Right. Um, so if you left a question or comment before that, please feel free to leave it again, because at this point chat has jumped and cut that off and I can't see what anyone left because I gabbed on for 36 minutes. Um, so 
and, and we, we don't want to encourage people to keep listing their comment or question or whatever over and over and spamming the chat. That's that clogs the chat and that's super annoying for our moderators and that'll get you timed out or banned. So don't do that. But in this case, if you ever notice that I'm below that, I got below you and I've missed you. It probably means chat jumped and I just can't get up to see your question or comment again. In that case, please feel free to leave it again and I'll get to it. So, Paul, I would love to go to that. It's actually not a triple crown. There are four clubs there. ACA, ALA, AKA, and ANGFA. So, um, the American Cichlid Association, the um, American Library Association, the American Killifish Association. And as far as I know, I, I heard this at the event this weekend. I could be wrong, but a reliable source in my book, uh, the rainbow fish folks will be there as well. So if I'm wrong about that, someone correct me, but yes, I would love to go. I'm going to have to get with the team. We're going to have to see if we can leverage that into something that will be beneficial to to the business with where we're at in the business to make it work. Um, it's It's hard to justify spending money that investors have put into the company on fun trips, right? That's hard to justify. So if I'm to do it, I have to make sure that the benefits to the business will be commensurate with the expenditures of time and treasure that it takes to, to do the event. I'm not sure that's true. I would love it. The fish geek in me would love it. I, I can think of a few things I would like more besides perhaps going to the Paint Rock River and collecting or going to like West Africa and collecting, you know, something like that. But of, I can think of a few things I'd rather do than go to this event. But I can't do it just for funsies um, because I won't it would have to be a company thing. So that's where my mind's at. I would love to do it. Not sure if it makes sense, but haven't really buckled down to figure that out yet. I mean, if you're going to go to an event though, this is the one. Jeez. Megan Mindy Lou throwing down 25 bucks saying thanks for all the hobby support. Hey, thank you. That's hobby support right there. (laughs) Thanks for supporting me so I can support the hobby. Um, It's it's super nice when money falls out of the computer screen and lands on your lap. Thanks for the super chats. And I've got to shout out um, Alexander again because $200 super chats, no joke. And it's still sitting up there. So thanks again, Alexander. That is so generous of you and much appreciated. And thanks for sharing your expertise with me while you were there. Uh, That was awesome. And I I look forward to continuing that conversation. Mega Mindy Lou, that was my email. Yeah, so Mega Mindy Lou is the one that asked about the yo-yo loaches. The only thing I can say is the Angelicus Botia grew up and keep their bands. The yo-yo I bought lost her bands and went more yo-yo-ish silver looking. Yeah, it's a... There's so many species many of which have yet to be figured out. And the distribution is so large that the variety is poorly understood at this point, at least by me in the hobby and by pretty much everyone I know. So now there's probably someone at loaches.com right now that is listening going like, Oh no, 
this idiot. You know, the guy that has spent their whole life digging into the Botia complex. <laughs> but I'm not that person. So to me and everyone I know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a mystery. Things aren't quite solidified yet on that front as far as identifying who's who and what's what. RB Animals and Movies. I like them until you said the snails. Oh, yeah. That's, this is what loaches do, right? In fact, a lot of people get loaches specifically because they have a snail problem and they're, they're trying to figure it out. They want something to snack on them. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Um, oh, geez. And then chat jumped. Sorry. Let me see if I can get back to that. There we are. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Pal Palustris Fry Batch 3 now out of cave in the 75. I'll probably catch them this week. Male back to normal coloration. It's a very interesting spawning process with the females dying. Yeah, that, how rough, right? So I got your email where he described that to me. I was like, holy cow, that is some rough spawning that they get going. But that aside, like to me, that's a little sad. But that aside, I'm glad that you uh, were successful in getting some fry. Um, and I hope that, you know, you're able this time to raise up a nice batch. Keep us posted. I, I love following this stuff. This is, this is my first love is with fish is, is breeding and raising fish, right? It's not aquascaping. It's not, um, trying to find some monster fish and feed it, you know, mice. It's, it's nothing like that. It, it was, uh, it was always, can I propagate these and fascination with all the different behaviors and strategies fish have come up with in order to reproduce like killifish. I mean, come on, this is a fish that can spawn, have the pond that they're in completely dry out for several months. And then it rains and the eggs hatch. I mean, that was amazing to me or the splash tetra. Let's jump out of the water, stick our, our eggs on a leaf out of the water, and then splash them to keep them nice and wet until they hatch. Like, it's crazy, crazy stuff. Um, or fish that change sex when they become dominant, um, and, and the female will become a male if it becomes dominant, and then it can spawn. Like, they're all born female, but that transition from female to male um, that usually happens, you know, in utero, um, in this case, happens, is that change is triggered when they're adult fish. Really crazy stuff. It's, it's never ending, like, interesting tidbits to learn. So I love learning about that. Thanks for sharing your experience with me. My female star Sapphire is holding, says Cougar Central. That's awesome. Uh, what is that? Uh, Phenochylus, Placidochromus Phenochylus. Uh, that might be my favorite of that group. Yeah, it probably is. I really love that fish. Okay. I don't know how to say this name, but I'm going to say Mr. Idol Singh. <laughs> I'm sure I butchered that. Uh, talking about putting the at dance fish symbol so that they turn orange for me. Much appreciated. What? Alexander. <laughs> Holy cow. 
Alexander throwing down another $200 super chat. A little more to buy a towel in Louisville. Oh, okay. Now I have to go. <laughs> well, you got me. I don't know. You probably got me a quarter of the way there. So yeah, maybe I have to go. Um, Alexander, thank you. That was unexpected and greatly appreciated. Thanks. So Alexander has a skill set that I'm not going to go in detail on just because that's his personal business, but that I find very valuable to what I'm trying to do. And so he was able to, you know, we were able to put our brains together and talk it through and, and, um, you know, we're going to continue that conversation. So I feel like I should be paying Alexander his consulting fee, but instead he's paying me his consulting fee, I guess. <laughs> so thank you. The world's topsy-turvy and I love it. <laughs> Bentley Pasco, it was a blast getting to chat with you. Yeah, I got to meet Bentley in person and lots of others. Again, I, I, I don't want to go into a list because I'll forget someone to hurt their feelings, but Bentley is someone that I've been wanting to meet for a long time. Bentley's been super helpful behind the scenes and helped me out with lots of things. And we have future plans to do more together. And uh, so it's great to, there ain't nobody like Benley, just nicest guy you can imagine and smart as a whip. Um, it was great to chat with you at Fishtoberfest. I look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Yeah, me as well, Bentley, for sure. And, you know, it was such a whirlwind that the folks I did get to hang out with, it was less time than you would like, right? The real hangout time was like while we were collecting. We spent six hours on that river uh, trying to get some fish. And then I think it was an hour drive each way. So you're talking about about eight hours with four people together. So those folks I got to know pretty darn well. Um, and, and some other folks uh, as well. But in general, at the event itself, that, that went super fast. Crown Tail Half Moon, sir, I have a question for you. A question. If you use a UV filter on your storage tank with something extracts prior to doing water changes, will the UV destroy the properties of the, what is an IAL extract? I don't know the answer to that question. I'm pretty familiar with UV um, and its effectiveness against different pathogens because I've had to learn that in order to help um, work with the engineers to figure out the best equipment to put in the new fish warehouse that we're building to help sterilize things. Um, so that bit I'm familiar with, but I don't know like what, what non-living things UV will destroy. I, I mean, I know there's some medications, um, Levamisol, for instance, that break down when exposed to UV light. In fact, several chemical compounds, several antibiotics and things do. But I don't know what an IAL extract is. Indian I probably should. What's that? Indian almond leaves. Oh, Indian almond leaves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I don't think UV is going to destroy tannin-like substances. And it's really only effective against things that are small enough that it can, it's light can actually penetrate through fully. So I'm not sure about that, but I, I don't think I'd be very surprised to learn that UV light um, removes the black out of black water. Let me put it that way. Now, someone here, if you're running a black water tank or a heavily tannin tank, 
um, and you have UV on it and you have some actual experience with that, would you chime in and let us know? Um, I don't know, but my guess is black water is black water even when exposed to UV light. That's my guess. Mark, will Sudamuga Luminatus and Fricatus hybridize? I don't know. I've never tried it. Um, if they did, I think their babies would look so different from both that they'd probably be pretty easy to pinpoint, but I don't know if they will or will not. I will say, I think it's perfectly fine to keep those two species together, provided they're more or less the same size when they first go into the tank and kind of grow up together. And if all you're trying to do is have a beautiful display, then it doesn't really matter if they hybridize because, you know, you're not keeping the babies. But I'd be, I'd be surprised if they couldn't hybridize, but I've, I've never tried it or read an article where someone did. Voyanizer, what is the difference between Histrionica loach and Yo-Yo loach? Is it the same fish, just different regions? No, they're totally two different, totally species. Um, one is Botia histrionica. Uh, so it is a different species. The golden Burmese loach, I think is what histrionica's common name is, something like that. Besides that, they're pretty similar in size and temperament in in looks. I mean, there's little differences, but they're fairly similar fish. Orange cones, will you tell me if I get hatchet fry? Will you yell for me? Oh, um, I was like, will you tell me if I get hatchet fry? I'm like, how would I know? <laughs> will you yell for me if I get hatchet fry? I can neither confirm nor deny if I would do that. Galazos just have to happen on the spur of the moment. It's, it's not something that... Yeah, it's just... First off, how's my throat feeling? <laughs> how tired am I? What mood am I in? And what triggers it? It's a galazzo is almost an involuntary reaction. I have no control over the galazzo. <laughs> but I do hope that you are successful with the hatchet fry. And I do think of you fondly every time I use the orange mug you sent me to commemorate the first time I reached the bottom of the chat. <laughs> I think it was February 3rd, 2020. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. New Mexico Aquatics, do you have any experience with tiger teddies? Do you have any pointers? I don't, little Bobby. I know you got some and that you're liking them. That's a fish I have never kept. In fact, I've only seen it alive like once or twice in someone's tanks. So I'm, I'm quite unfamiliar with it, except for to know how beautiful it is. Super beautiful fish. Alician AS, do you know Mark Duffel of England? I hope I said that right. Loach expert breeder, perhaps contact him through Facebook. He may be able to ID. Um, yeah, I'm, so yeah, Mark must be that guy that I'm talking about. The, the guy that knows everything about loaches. Thanks for the suggestion, Alicia. And I was unaware of Mark. Um, unless he's one of the authors of the loach book. The back of my mind is tingling like, no, you do know Mark, but, but I don't know him personally, no. Crown tail half moon. Could you share briefly what your plant care requirements and ferts used? Also names. I can share the plant care and ferts that I do very briefly. No care, no ferts. Um, I'm not a plant guy. I have like some water sprite, some java moss, some java fern. And that's all I have in my tanks, except for a few things here, like pogostemus, stellatus octopus, and some dwarf sag. 
here um, in a sword plant, right? But honestly, I do nothing. I just have shop lights on them, like LED shop lights, and I don't fertilize them. I don't do anything. So I, I'm not giving you much help there. I'm not a big plant guy. I'm as low tech as it gets. And if a plant just doesn't live in my tanks by itself, it just, it, they're not the ones that stay, <laughs> I guess. So Crown Tail, I'd like to have, I'd like to help you out, but I'm such a neophyte at plants. I would steer you wrong. It would be like a kindergartner trying to describe, you know, fusion to you. That's how I would be trying to describe detailed plant care to you. Rico's Dan, Gary Lang did say the bowheads will be there. Yeah, I thought so. Good. Yes. So it's not just uh, cichlids, live bears, and killifish anymore. It's also rainbows. Oh, be so fun. Catch up with all the old killifish nerds I haven't seen forever. It would be a delight. And like, I, I love learning about rainbow fish because... I'm fairly new to them, and I've learned a lot in the short time I've gotten into them, but there's people out there that know so much more than I do. Yeah. Marie Z saying, you have to go. <laughs> I, I would like to. Yeah. And, and we'll see. I, I, we've, okay, priorities. Um, get through this import, because that's going to be... <laughs> Imports are great fun, and they're amazing. They're also a ton of work. Get through that get um and that that entails a lot that's fish that's caring for the fish that's transitioning them to the foods that we feed that's getting them comfortable in their new environment that's labeling all the tanks that's getting descriptions written for the website that's getting pictures of them for the website that's uh getting video if i can um it, that takes a lot so that'll be a few weeks just doing that after that, um, we might be able to get together and put our heads together briefly and, and discuss this um, as a company and figure it out. But um, I've been thinking about it like on the plane and stuff during my, my recent travels, and I have not yet come up with a scenario uh, that would justify the trip. So that's where I'm at. I keep trying to. <laughs> But, you know, I've, I've also got to bring myself back to earth and be honest. So I'd say it's 50% right now. It's, it's 50% chance one way or the other at the moment. Okay. Wow, chat did a thing. Well, Alexander, I still am in awe that you... Dropped four C notes on me. Thank you so much. My wife is going to be so thrilled. <laughs> okay, here we are. I caught up. Um, Joe Coffee, Arbotia. Um, I, I, this, I always have trouble with this species name. Almorhae, right? Almorhae. And Botia Lahachata. Oddly enough, I can say that one. Just mistakenly different names for the same species. Um, I don't know a ton about it but if you look at seriously fish and look up the um botia almorai loha chata is one of the ones that they're thinking needs to be 
broken out from there. And, and they talk about it a little bit about the differences in, in, in that subject. I, I don't know that much about it, to tell you the truth. So one thing, once you incorporate fun trips, become known as junkets. <laughs> it's all in the lexicon, isn't it? <laughs> Man, I have this junket I have to do. It's, oh, it's going to be a drag, but I guess I have to. <laughs> that's too funny jfk2 all 21 fish arrived saturday and are all doing well so far thanks dan oh you're welcome i'm glad to hear it awesome yeah so it was a pretty nerve-wracking experience um shipping fish to uh, fishtoberfest because i was literally giving a talk a, a presentation and demonstration really on how to ship fish and how to do things certain ways and why i do things certain ways I wasn't telling people you have to do this this way. I was saying, here's some principles that need to be incorporated. Here's the way I incorporate those principles. But there's other ways to do it. I, I don't like being a demagogue. But um, <laughs> I, I shipped a, a breeding group of banded gudgeons to the event. And part of the presentation was opening the box and sending it around, right? And it was like, man... If these, if we don't do the shipping correctly, <laughs> this is going to be not the time to have a mistake on shipping. When you're doing a presentation on shipping and you're actually showing the fish that you shipped, right? <laughs> so it was a little bit nerve wracking. It all went fine though. And it was doubly nerve wracking because uh, the event is on, was on Sunday, but there's no delivery service on Sunday. So we had to have them delivered saturday which means they were shipped out friday so they were bagged thursday shipped friday and did not get to their new home until sunday night right it didn't they were at the event on sunday so uh you know it was a little longer than they're usually in the bag but everything went well and they looked fantastic uh mandy did an exceptional job mandy if you're listening um you're fantastic we're glad we have you so jfk i'm glad that yours arrived on saturday looking good too Paul Soltero, if you made business contacts at Portland this past weekend, I can't imagine the opportunities that will be available in Louisville. That's a good point. Good point. Geek Boy, throwing down 10 bucks trip justification funds. <laughs> so what is that? That's It's like, yeah, I mean, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. And Again, I hope I can make it. I would love to make it. It would be great to meet you all. It would just be so fantastic. One of the downsides of being out here in Wyoming, there's a lot of upside, but one of the downsides is, you know, I don't have a Tennessee fish mafia out here. I am the fish mafia out here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, Mountaintop Puffer Keeper reposted, oh yeah, I think, yeah, got that one. Where are we at? 7.59. We have 31 more minutes. All right. Let's get to it. Time for a little refresher. Cheers. Uh, everyone take a moment to wet your whistle. Ha! <laughs> 
<laughs> Kelly Foreman. If you go to Louisville, and by the way, when you're, you're in Kentucky, it's Louisville. It's, it's not Louisville. Um, I know that. I was in Kentucky for a few months at one point in my life. Um, Stephen P. 2000. Actually, not Stefan will go. And if not Stefan goes, he'll drag along his family. So you going to Louisville is my best chance to torment not Stefan's kids. Well, sounds like a junket to me. <laughs> Obviously, that will be good to the for the business, right? Random arms. Kelly Foreman's tormenting not Stefan's kids. I mean, that's that'll benefit the business in all kinds of ways. <laughs> Rosie says my two pea puffers in less than one day they stopped eating color washed out swimming erratically bumping into things falling to the bottom of the tank seem disoriented parameters are fine help Rosie I wish I had a silver bullet for you but I I, I don't know what's going on um, it might be something that happened before you got the fish and is now presenting. Um, if your parameters really are good, then, you know, if you've checked ammonia, first thing, check ammonia and nitrites. I'm always constantly surprised. You know, I've been doing this for a while and I think I know what I'm doing sometimes, but I'm frequently reminded that I don't because the fish will be having a a problem i'll be like that's weird and i'll check and it's like holy cow i have ammonia like this tank has been going for four years how did ammonia like what happened i i didn't do anything to kill the cycle right so um i'm surprised at how often ammonia is the culprit in my tanks or or nitrite just something happened and the balance is off so if that's not the case and parameters are good it could be one of just, I don't know, probably thousands of things, and I wouldn't know which one it is. I wish I could help you, but even an aquatic veterinarian could not help you with that much information. They'd have to be there and run tests and things. So I'm sorry I can't help. I hope the little guys pull through. I'm rooting for you, um, but I don't know how to help. On a lighter note, Dan Slee throwing down a super jet saying everyone else is doing it. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> Thank you, Dan Slee. It's good to uh, communicate with you this week. Um, hope things are going well for you. Crown Tail Half Moon. Ah, uh, Mr. Idol is Mridal. Okay. Mridal, say it fast, then you pronounce it properly. All right, Mridal. I don't know. I like the Mr. Idol. It's MR together. <laughs> White wedding. Mr. Idol. Peeps lost sheep. Do you have any recommendations on something to eat snails in a tank with shrimp? You mean eat snails but not eat shrimp? I mean, I think assassin snails would be a fairly safe option. Now, I haven't tried them with shrimp, so I could be totally wrong, but I think they'd have a hard time eating shrimp. Um, 
How about coolie loaches? Coolie loaches don't get big enough that they would be able to tackle a full-grown, um, like, Neocaridina shrimp, and they would totally eat your snails. I mean, I'm picturing, like, pond snails, ram's horn snails, like, small, um, small snails like that, not, like, giant Japanese trapdoor snails or something, right? So that's what I'm going to go with. Um, they'll eat baby shrimp and stuff like that, but I don't think they're going to eat large adult shrimp. So, yeah, that's the one I'm going with. Indian almond leaves, yep. I-A-L. <laughs> oh, shoot. Chat jumped, so I'm going there. Hang on. Let's see here. Uh, where was that? There it is. Michael Machos. What are those orange fish behind you? So glad you asked. Like, so glad. <laughs> but for those that really are wondering, those are the gold denison barbs or gold roseline sharks. Sahayadra denisoni. A-Train, any tips for successful cherry shrimp breeding? I have 10 in a 10-gallon tank to help clean up after guppy fry. The tank is heavily planted at 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, for me, I don't have tons of experience with, with shrimp, but cherry shrimp I've done. And I'm doing right now, actually. I've got a whole bunch in, in this tank right here. Um, and I've done them several times, so I'm comfortable answering this. For me, I just keep parameters steady. Make sure that they have food and a lot of cover and a lot of surface area to graze. And after time, it might take a few months, but after time, they'll settle in and start start having babies. That's that's my what I've noticed is just keep them steady, keep them happy, keep them fed, and that includes a lot of surface area, keeping them fed, and eventually they'll go. Sometimes it takes a few months though, so maybe patience. Yeah. In 80 degrees, I mean, cherry shrimp are tough. They can they can take 80 degrees if the if the water is well oxygenated. That's not a problem for them. Dragon layer triple crown is until July 2022. Oh, I know, but that's that's less than a year away. Like, that sounds like it's a ways out, but it's not. Like, it, <laughs> there's there's so much unknown about the projects and expansion and things that we have planned for, for dance fish for our business. Um, it, it's hard to know where we'll be in 2022. Um, and we have models and things, but, but the reality doesn't exist on paper. Uh, the paper is useful as you plan and strategize and things, the models, but Anyone that thinks that the model is correct is is misled. The model is, is as correct as you can make it, and it gives you the confidence to move forward, and it gives you the direction to lean into and helps you strategize and prioritize as you lean forward, but it's wrong. So the reality is, in July of 2022, I, I don't know what's going to be going on, you know, here at the business and where we'll be and is it going to be all hands on hands on de deck like packing 24 7 just to keep up or um are we gonna have just received a, a 
big new import that because I can't like not bring in an import and be like, well, I've got this event coming up. So I'm just going to like, you know, not have inventory for a little while like that. That doesn't make any business sense. So it's it's hard for me to plan that far ahead and exactly what will be going on, you know, that week in July uh, in 2022 with how young the business is like we're a startup and we're about to pour gas on our business plan and, and light it on fire as an accelerant, right? <laughs> like not, not cause it's bad and we want to throw it out, but we're about to like accelerate this thing hugely and very suddenly. And it's going to be, you know, we're going to be riding a bucking Bronco for a little while. And so it's going to be a little unpredictable. Leo Contreras, waiting patiently for the Pleco shipment and might as well join the Super Chat train. Well, thank you so much, Leo. Always appreciated. Never required Super Chats, but we are a startup, so every little bit does help and is sincerely appreciated. You know, even a dollar is like, thank you, you know. So thanks to everyone who's Super Chatted. Cheers to you. And yeah, I'm, I, can't, I can't wait to see the Pleco shipment too. I'm in the same boat. We'll let you know next week um, on, the, on the live stream Wednesday of next week what came in and what we have and all that stuff. So I was talking with the uh, import hub in Los Angeles earlier today. I was like, man, I'm like a kid waiting for Christmas morning for this thing to get here. <laughs> like, can't wait to see what came in and how it is. Uh, Mystery Snail Guardians throws a box into the crowd. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. So part of the presentation is like, as I seal the bags up, then I throw them into the crowd to demonstrate how tough they are. And so people can feel them and, and all that. And I didn't throw the box of fish in the crowd, but I did say, here they are. Check them out. Everyone take a look. You know, so everyone, everyone hefted them and, you know, was able to see what it was like. And I, I actually forgot to mention during the presentation that those fish had been in the bag for three days. Um, yeah, that would, that would have been a good thing. <laughs> Danikin Aquatics, good to see you, Danny and Kenny. Um, thanks for being such an um, amazing hosts. Uh, I feel totally taken care of, and I, I know I know LRB did too. Um, we we talked about it when you guys weren't in the room about how much we appreciated what you were doing and how comfortable we felt and how well taken care of we were. So thanks again. Gudgeons are doing amazing. Thanks for everything this weekend. You made Fishtoberfest a time to remember. So did you and everyone else. Yeah, thanks for an amazing uh, event. I had a great time. I have to, I confess, it was nice to leave the basement for a few days. Got to see some sunshine. Although it was Portland, so the sunshine was limited. <laughs> Cancer Drain, if you need to send a test fish box to Louisville, I can volunteer. <laughs> Hope you decide to come on down. I actually send... Man, many, many, many boxes to Louisville every week because that's where the UPS hub is. So I send fish to Louisville on the daily. Mountaintop, holy cow. Mountaintop puffer keeper, black worm tank is going well. I added a portion of my Russian red Daphnia to co-culture, help with water quality and keep feeding both for winter. Overnight lows up here, 20 to 25 degrees. Yeah, we're down to about 30 right now. 
Um, we, man, so I flew back on Monday and I got greeted in, in, at the airport with a snowstorm. In fact, the plane had to spend about half an hour circling because visibility wasn't good. They had to wait for the snow to calm down a bit so they could sneak in and land. Um, and it's been snowing nonstop ever since. We've got a ton of snow this week. So uh, fortunately, the freeways are opening back up. They've been shut down. In Wyoming, it takes a lot to shut a freeway down. Like we're used to the snow, we're prepared for it. So if they're shutting the freeways down, you know it's like massive. And uh, I think they're opening back up. So we should still be okay receiving the new import tomorrow morning, <laughs> but it's been a little hairy. It seems, it seems like every time I do a big import, it's during a weather event. <laughs> oh, Cancer Dream, it's Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> well, all I know is it's not Louisville. I made that mistake. <laughs> Louisville. The, the fo as I remember, it was Louisville, not Louisville. They, just, they kind of skipped over the uh. It's like Louisville. And there's more super chests coming in. Thanks so much, everybody. EM throwing down two dollars Canadian. Hail the Lurker Nation. Yes, I agree. Hail the Lurker Nation. Natural Aquariums with a five dollar super chat. Very nice meeting you at Fishtoberfest, Dan. You as well. Um, I wish we'd had more time together, but it's great to meet you. I hope you're doing well. And Canada's Aquatics and Exotics with a peach. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like click on it so I can expand it or something. Can I do that? I can remove the moderator. I can hide user on this channel, put the user in timeout, remove a report. Well, I can't make the peach any bigger, but I can do all kinds of, of punitive things, but I can't do any peach expansion. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? This reminds me, I didn't take a moment to thank my moderators and I should. They volunteer their time every week to make this stream smooth and you know they do the hard work they're you know keeping everything going and making sure everyone behaves and all that so I, I just want to thank them for their hard work every week for making this stream work then guys treat them nice if you don't we'll just ban you right away like if you're a jerk to the mods or if you're making their life miserable by spamming over and over after they've told you not to any of that it's just out of here um volunteers don't need the gruff, right? They, it's just, we don't make life hard on volunteers because we need them to be happy and want to stay around. And if you're making their life hard, that puts, uh, that puts my stream in jeopardy. So it's not even, it's a no brainer. So treat them nice or, uh, or they have my blessing and my encouragement <laughs> to just ban hammer you. All right. Let's see here. Chat jumped big time, so I am scrolling like a madman to try and... There we go. Half Moon, I'm sorry, Crown Tail Half Moon. Would scuds destroy or eat aquatic plants? So they haven't destroyed my plants, and I put plants in there with them a lot. The plants that they, with the exception of mosses, they will absolutely destroy mosses. It takes them a long time. And perhaps if there was always like other food in there, like zucchini or something more yummy than moss, they wouldn't eat it. But I've noticed with Java moss, at least, 
they'll chow down on it. And it takes a while because moss is tough and they prefer, I think, to eat other things. But they'll eventually eat it down until it's just a string with no like, I don't know what that is on moss. It's not leaves. But for the sake of describing it, those little, no fuzzies, just a string. All right, Bunny Viper. Hey, Bunny Viper, so good to see you. So glad to be here. I keep hearing people talk about feeding their newly arrived fish the first day in quarantine. Isn't that not the best idea? I always allow them to settle. Thank you. Um, I don't, it depends on the fish and it depends on the kind of trip they had and things like that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with feeding fish that are ready to eat. Um, I think the main danger isn't that they're going to eat. I think the main danger is that they won't eat and uh, there'll be pollution and you'll get ammonia, which will be much worse for them than not eating. However, it also depends on your setup. Is this like a sterile hospital tank you're quarantining them? In that case, don't feed because there's no filtration in there. Or are they in like a well-established um, bioactive tank? Well, then they can eat and poop and it's not going to hurt anything. So it depends on the setup, depends on the fish, depends on the journey. Um, personally, what I like to do, and this is not gospel, it's just what I'm doing now, is we put the fish in and we don't feed them until the next day. My thought on that is I want to give their bodies a chance to detox like say they've been in a bag with some ammonia or something and they've absorbed extra ammonia into their system um, or some other chemical that is not good for them. What, pick your chemical, right? Then you know how when you or I fast, you know, take a day and don't eat, it's, it's kind of like a cleansing opportunity for our system. We aren't introducing any new toxins into our system. We're not introducing new work into our digestive tract. And so it kind of gives your system a chance to clean itself out and detox. Now, I haven't researched fasting in great detail, but that's my understanding of kind of how it works. Um, I apply that theory to the fish. And I'm like, well, let's give it a overnight to detox any uh, ammonia or other chemicals that it had to deal with. And then in, in the morning, I'll feed them. And when I feed them, it's a tiny bit because I don't know if they'll eat yet. So it's a tiny, tiny bit, um, just, just a little taste, a little, a little something, something. If they eat, it's like, good, I know they'll eat that. And then maybe you'll feed them more later that day, or maybe the next day I'll feed them a little bit more. It's this very gradual buildup because I want to make sure that they'll actually eat what I'm feeding before I give them a bunch, right? So I don't have it just rot in the tank and create a mess. Um, and I want to see what different types of foods will they eat. So I'm, I'm trying to do those two things at once. So that's kind of how I approach it. The next day is when I start feeding. But again, I, it's not because I think there's anything necessarily wrong with feeding them the same day. So many variables each way, though. Peeps mm. lost sheep. For the snail problem in the tank with shrimp, I have 30 coolie loaches, 75 gallon, but they don't seem to go after the snails at all. <laughs> Maybe because they are Malaysian trumpet snails. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Malaysian trumpet snails are tough little buggers and uh, it's, it's hard to get to them. You know, they'll dig down, they'll shut up 
they'll, they'll close themselves off. Um, so that makes sense to me. Yep. But I think like little ram's horn snails and pond snails, that's different with cooey loaches. Okay, so that's, we know they are not effective for peep sloth sheep with Malaysian trumpet snails, but we don't know about other snails, their experience with other snails or with shrimp, um, at least peep sloth sheep. Okay. Mega Mindy Lou, the neon gobies are the best. They love to hide, but when they are out, they are amazing. They are a beautiful fish. In fact, often when we're working out there, one of us will just stop at that tank and be like, holy cow, these look good. Like it happens every day. <laughs> so I'm with you. <laughs> we are with you. Um, hang on. I saw some from Cancer Train, I thought, but then, but then chat jumped super much, super much. That's that. Yeah, that's, that's English. That's a real phrase. Cancer Train, the pronunciation of Louisville is a bit of a controversial topic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of all the things, right? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> Chris Robertson, manners or banhammer? It's a good rule for life. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to teach the kids these days, right? <laughs> the, I mean, the basic thing is that when someone's doing you a free service, they have no incentive to stay around and continue doing that service if it's not fun or if it becomes super stressful or whatever, right? So you do everything you can to make it fun and not stressful. Otherwise you'll lose your volunteers. That's kind of how it works in life. So if someone's doing something for free, you, you make it really nice for them. All right. It is time, I think, to do a bit of a giveaway. So let's do that. Oh, hang on. This is cool. Ruxin Amentado watching from the Philippines. Very informative and relevant. Rexin, I'm just, I'm just, Tickled that someone from the Philippines is tuning in. Don't know what time it is there, but I would imagine it's, uh, what is it, early, early morning there right now? Let's see, just out of curiosity. Time in Philippines. Oh, 10.22 a.m. Not too bad. Not too bad. Well, thanks for joining us. All right, let's do the giveaway. For those that missed it earlier, this is for a group of Botia loaches that are very similar to, or maybe are, yo-yo loaches. Can't quite tell. Or maybe there are a few different species that are so similar that can't quite tell. Um, so all the, if you like yo-yo loaches, you'll like these. Same kind of size, same general coloration schemes, right? With some variance um, and same attitude. So looks like we have 145 eligible users the winner is, oh, let's do this. That's more exciting when you can see it. The winner is Brian P. Brian P., you have won some yo-yo-ish loaches. You have two minutes to respond. Let us know that you are here. And, um, and then you'll have won. Yeah, it'll be like official and everything. <laughs> Cancer train. Oh, okay. 
this is about the scuds eating. They eat healthy plants if there aren't other food sources. So yes, but fish should be keeping the scud population under control and they'll only target excess food and decaying plants. Yeah, I suppose if there's no other food at all, they'll definitely eat the plants. Um, but I don't, I don't think you were planning on doing that. That's kind of an extreme circumstance, right? Um, so yeah, you're here. All right, Brian P is here. Congratulations, Brian. Thanks for playing. Thanks for being here. Please send me an email, dan at dancefish.com with your first name, your last name, and your mailing address, and I will send those to you next week. We'll chat by email to get all that sorted out, but congratulations. Thanks for being here. We're going to call it a night. I want to take a moment to thank my moderators again for doing what they do. I want to thank everyone that left Super Chats. This is crazy. There were $567.64 Super Chatted tonight. That is a lot of... I was trying to think of a fun slang name for money, but it didn't come like Benjamin's. I don't know, Cabbage, Cheddar. In the moment, though, it's just like, nope, nothing's nothing's there. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much. That is... Much appreciated. Never required, but it really does help. Um, everyone that left a comment or a question in chat to help keep things lively, thank you for participating. All you lurkers, I'm with you. Hail the Lurker Nation. Everyone watching on a replay, I get it. Life's busy. Maybe you have to sleep right now, but I'm glad you're here on the replay. And one day, I'd like to, you know, meet you in the chat live if that's possible. But I, I totally get it. Everyone listening on the podcast, thanks for doing that. Hope I'm helping your work day or your commute or whatever, um, you know, pass more smoothly. Anyway, we'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel next week. Until then, I hope. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Alexander's just been waiting the whole time. Like, I'm going to blow his mind. And you did. You did. Alexander. Thank you for the caboose. Ending it all with a $100 super jab. That was unexpected. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> recover here for a second. Make that $667.64. Um, think of all the slang money words you can. Lots of lettuce. Anyway, thanks so much, everybody. Have a good night. Until next time, <laughs> bye-bye.